Good morning. Good to have you in the Lord's house this morning. Uh, Brother John is doing a youth rally with Brother Steve Chevron out in Nebraska. Um, so this morning, I am your fill-in song leader. And this is our praise team who's going to really hold the rhythm that Brother Bill is going to do with the drums as Sandra Joe plays the piano. But I have a standing agreement on Sunday night and Wednesday night when I'm the song leader, you have to sing out better and louder because I'm not a professional song leader. So you have to step it up and kind of fill in the gap there. So be sure and really sing out this morning. We're going to start off with a couple songs. Um, we're going to start off with Ad Calvary and Mansion Over the Hilltop.
written to be in God's house. I was talking to a group of pastors the other day, and one of the pastors said, yes, in my congregation, they don't like it loud. They don't want singing loud. They want everything very, very soft. And I thought, man, I'd have to change churches, I'm afraid. That, I just could not do that. I, I like to lift up, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you. Lord, we praise you and thank you for this day you've given us. A day to honor you. And I pray that as we come and we sing praises and turn our hearts to you in prayer, as we open our ears and our hearts to your word, we ask that it would be you that do, does a great work within our souls. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. And I'm going to turn over to our choir.
are at this time going to sing, I'm so happy and wonderful, merciful Savior. Let's stand and do that. Stretch our legs.
appreciate these ladies singing for this morning. Uh, Miss Ashley, this is her very last Sunday with us. She is moving back to Louisiana and uh, her and her mom, where's her mom? I know her mom's out here. She was out here. All the way in the back, why don't you stand up, mom? Her and Ashley, right after services, they, they chose to stay through Sunday morning. Um, Ashley's dad is a pastor down there in Louisiana, and you can tell that he taught her well. Church is a priority in her life, and she chose to be here for Sunday morning, and then they're headed out this afternoon. Pray for her as she's moving back to where her dad pastors, her family is. They have a long, long drive. Their car is loaded to the gills. I looked out my window this morning because she lives in a little apartment in my house, and um, I saw that car squatted down, uh, and I thought, boy, I hope she makes it. That's a long ways to Louisiana. But as today is her last Sunday, I looked out here, and I saw that today is Aaron's first Sunday here. So maybe I could get mom and dad to stand and introduce us to Aaron this morning, who's this is his first Sunday with us. All right. Amen. Haley, do the Vanna White thing. Kind of give us the, you know how to do the, you point to Aaron and here's, you're not going to do it. Thank you so much. And congratulations, God bless in every way. Isn't that so wonderful? We have two, two more young ladies in the church. Uh, Rose is getting ready to have a baby in my understanding less than 30 days. Is that correct? So pray for, pray for Rose. And then Jenny, where is Jenny? Saw right here, right, there's Jenny. Jenny, stand up so they know how to pray for you as well. Jenny's going to be having a baby. When do you do? End of, End of what? November. November. Um, Jenny and my wife Sandy are filling in for Ashley as I'm losing my secretary as she's moving to Louisiana. So pray for Jenny and Sandra Joe as they fill in as I'm just looking for God to provide for a secretary. One as faithful as Ashley. I'm telling you, she, she never missed work. She consistently participated in services. Uh, her mom and dad did a great job. I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles, if you would please, to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. And I'm going to show you four faithful sayings as given to us in the scriptures. In fact, the very verses start out by telling us that these are faithful sayings. And I'm going to read down into verse 14 because verse 14 is the verse that gives me as a pastor the charge to teach these sayings. So look with me if you would. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 11 down. It says, it is a faithful saying. And that's why I call it the four faithful sayings. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, 
yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Of these things, put them in remembrance. And that's what I'm doing right now with you. Charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. So what I'm doing this morning is I'm bringing to you the remembrance of these faithful sayings and charging you to go ahead and look to them and grow in them and be strong in those scriptural principles. So I told you there's four of them, and there are, and they are one right after another. The first one he gives to us, look with me again if you would, at verse 11. It says, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Now it's an interesting turn of phrase that God gives us. That we ourselves should be dead in Christ, that we might live in Christ. And of course, this reminds us of Christ's teaching on the exact same subject. So turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of Matthew, and let's listen to what the Lord has to say about this principle in Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark, not Matthew, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verses 34 down through 37. And here you, you hear the very words of Christ. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same will save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? These are powerful sayings that the Lord is giving forth and concepts that we have to take and mull over, contemplate and consider. Because he's saying to you and I, we need to die that we might live. The New Testament teaches us that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Meaning that we are separated from God as long as we are a sinner without salvation. But if we will become alive in Christ Jesus, Christ called it being born again. If we will die to self and accept Christ and become alive, we shall live. So if we will die, we will live. It's an amazing concept that Christ himself touches on that we might understand the newness of life in him. This is about spiritual truth. It's not about physical truth. It's about spiritual truth. It's saying that somebody like uh, Priscilla sitting right here. Every once in a while I make a mistake and I call her Phyllis, even though she works here at the church every day as our cleaning lady. But every once in a while I call her Phyllis. Priscilla. Priscilla one day sat down with Mrs. Taylor. They went through the scriptures and Priscilla came to a place where she received Christ as her savior. She died to the old self and she became alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. And she's a work in progress just like every single one of us, amen? As God renews and revives and helps us to grow and to become the person that he would have us to be. So here he's giving to us this faithful saying, if we be dead with him, we shall also 
live with him. Romans chapter 6 verse 8. If you turn with me in your scriptures. And I want you to see this verse to kind of drive the point home. That we might understand exactly what he's saying. Romans chapter 6 verse 8 on down. It says, now if we be dead with Christ. We believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is a faithful saying, that we be dead to self, alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. We take that principle and we hide it in our heart and we live it day by day, alive in Christ. Now, does that mean that Satan is all of a sudden going to leave us alone and say, oh, that person, they have Jesus as their savior, leave them alone. Just the opposite. Uh, I mentioned that Brother John, our song leader, he is out in Nebraska. Brother Steve Chevron was doing a large uh, teen rally. In fact, he had gone online and he had put together 600 tickets uh, for teenagers throughout his city to come. They're giving away a car. They had big dinners. Uh, 600 tickets for teens. So the first night, 30 kids showed up. They had given out electronically 300 tickets for that night. 300 for the first night, 300 for the second night. So they had prepped, bought, done all the work because 300 tickets had gone out. 30 kids showed up. They said, what happened? Well, one of the guys in their church started doing some research and found out that an anti-Christian hate group had gone in and did an algorithm to pull all those electronic tickets. So they had pulled 290 tickets electronically and only 30 tickets were out there for teenagers to get. So the next night they thought, is that gonna happen again? 300 tickets had been taken, counted, 33 kids showed up. This hate group, this anti-Christian group, had gobbled up the same thing again electronically. Why do I say that? Satan doesn't leave us alone because we're Christians. He doesn't leave us alone because we're alive in Christ. He just keeps looking and looking and looking for opportunities to go ahead and subvert the work of the, of the gospel. John and them experienced that out there. Uh, actually, we support a church planter in Burlington, uh, and he had gone ahead and done an activity in Burlington where he had rented Get Air. And he too had done electronic tickets, free tickets. Exact thing had happened last winter. A group in Burlington had gone in and grabbed all the tickets and he only had like 20 people when he had purchased 200 slots for kids to do. Satan doesn't give up, does he? Technology changes. 
and he adapts to the technology as he wars against Christ. So just because you and I are alive in Christ doesn't mean we no longer have an enemy. Oh no. The Bible says, as a roaring lion, he seeketh whom to devour. He desires, according to the scriptures, to rend us or, or tear us apart as when you do with wheat. So know and understand that yes, while the scriptures tell us that we need to die to self and be alive in Christ, don't ever forget, we must be alert and aware that we have an enemy. Go back with me, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And let's look at the second of these faithful sayings as we come down to the verse 12. But I'm going to read to you verse 11 again as well. It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Verse 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. So that's the second of the faithful sayings. If we suffer in Christ, we shall reign with Christ. Another oxymoron, another almost contradictory statement. But yet we understand it because it's a principle of God. If you think back to the Beatitudes, when the Lord Jesus Christ was preaching and teaching, look with me if you would to Matthew chapter 5 verse 10. Listen to what he says concerning these principles. Matthew chapter 5 verses 10 down through 12. It says, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of, of, of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my, my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So God reminds us, yes, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Even as Christ's teaching and preaching, uh, he, he reminds us that if we do suffer, if we face persecution for his namesake, we shall reign with him. So you and I in our lives, even as Pastor Chevron out in Nebraska, or as Ben Potter up in Burlington, who has some hate group target their ministry and war against them, as much as we may be in the midst of the fight, we reign with Christ because we know who wins. In the end, we know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He shall reign. And you and I that have Christ in our hearts, we reign with Him. We are joint heirs in Christ. Our victory rests in him. So while, yes, we are in the fight, we are victors through the fight. So as we look at these scriptures, as we look at these four faithful sayings, if you've received Christ as your savior, he is on your side and the victory is at hand. Look back with me, if you would, again at 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to look at the third of these faithful sayings. Look down with me at the second half of verse 12, if you would. Again, I'm going to read to you all the verses, 11, 12. It says, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. 
That's a little bit of a reality check, isn't it? He's pulling us back a little bit. He's given us these previous two statements that absolutely tell us we are the children of God and he is on our side as we reign and find victory in him. But he pulls us back and he says, but if you deny me, I will deny you. And he wants that as kind of just a little stop and count to 10. A moment of contemplation. Are we truly a child of God? Do we honor him or do we deny him? Both maybe in word as well as in deed. It's a very sobering thought to think to yourself, would God deny me? I want you to look with me at Matthew chapter 7, if you would, as we turn to the Gospels. Matthew chapter 7, look with me down at verse 21. And again, very sobering text here. Listen to what Jesus says. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That is a sobering text as well, isn't it? But it's linked because he's saying to you and I, he's saying, if you deny me, I will deny you. And Jesus says, actually, when we get to heaven, he said, there are going to be those on that great judgment day who say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this and this in your name? And didn't I do that and that in, in your name? And the book of Revelation says that he'll look into the book of life. And if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, he says, he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So that sobering thought comes. Well, what about the fact that he says that they stand up and, and they say, well, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We did wonderful works in your name, Lord. He says, no, you never knew me. So all of a sudden we realize this very sobering thought is not about actions, deeds. It's about the heart. It's about that which man cannot see, but only God can. Because others saw these people casting out demons. Others saw these people preaching and prophesying in the name of Jesus. But God looked down from heaven above and he said, that's not real. That's fake. That's not of the heart. It's only a show. So when these showmen stand before God and they try to do a show for God, God says, no, not so. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What he's doing here in this text is he's peering into our very soul. He's looking at the heart of hearts. And he's saying, is this genuine? Is it real? He wants us to step back. 
He wants us to do a spiritual inventory. He wants us to double check. Because he told us in the book of Romans that we must believe with the heart. And, when, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Only us and God know our heart. We can't know our heart. Sandra Joe and I, when we were in college, I was, I was a ministry student. Sandra Joe was a cute little button of a music student. <laughs> Big brown eyes. Back then she had red hair. My grandma had red hair. So it kind of caught my eye, this, this gal from Texas, this amazing accent. Um, I had that, that brutish New England accent. She had this smooth Texas accent. Actually, the first time we went out, it was just to help another friend because Bible college in those days, you had to have kind of an escort. And so I had the car. I was the ex escort of these kids who wanted to go on a date. And she happened to be just another person in the car. And when she came walking out to the car, I said to my buddy, my buddy I want her to sit beside me. <laughs> he said, okay. But we dated in Bible college, got engaged, got married. She's a pastor's daughter. I was a ministry student. We went into the ministry. Uh, I was associate pastor. She, she was my sidekick and everything. We were married several years. And one night we were laying in bed and she said to me, Tim, I've never received Jesus as my savior. I said, what? I said, are you sure? She said, well, you know, when I was a kid, I made a profession of faith. But she said, I, I know I didn't really mean it. Now, listen, I'm telling you right now, nobody could have convinced me Sandra Joe was not a Christian when I married her. I absolutely believed it. But she knew in her heart she had not made a sincere decision. So I said to her, I said, well, maybe you should call your mom because your mom's the one who led you to the Lord back then. And what do I do with this? I mean, wow, this is like shocking to me. So I... You know, she called her mom in Texas, said, Mom, you know, I don't think I'm really a Christian. And her mom said, I have always wondered. And so that night, and, and Sandra Joe, if your breathing was doing better, I'd have you tell the rest of the story. But I know it's not doing well this morning. But, she, but her mom led her to the Lord. And she received Christ. Why do I tell you that story? Because only God and that person knows the sincerity of their heart. I was so convinced I married Sandra Joe going into the ministry. And everybody, she led people to Christ before she herself was a Christian. Only God knows the heart. So when we look at this text, this faithful saying, and Jesus says, if you deny me, I will deny you. He's saying to us, only I know your heart. And only you know your heart. But he says, understand and know 
that that day when you stand before me, it doesn't matter what you say. If you're not in that Lamb's book of life, if you're not a child of God, if you've never received Christ, if you've denied me in your heart, I'll deny you. This is a faithful saying. It's a sobering thought. It's a powerful text for you and I to step back and do a little spiritual inventory. Go back with me and let's look at the fourth of these faithful sayings. Look again with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and we come down to verse 13. It says, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Now this is interesting. He just said that if you deny me, I will deny you. But he says, I do want you to understand, if you deny me, I'm not denying myself. If you say that I am not, that's not going to change the fact that I am who I am. Because God is who he is. No matter whether we believe it or not. And I want you to listen to it again because it's important that we catch in this world that we live in today of people denying reality and creating their own. He says to us, if we don't believe in him, he abides faithful and cannot deny himself. It's not even that he will not deny himself. He cannot deny himself. There's a difference, isn't there, between will not and cannot. It's impossible for God to deny who he is. That's a, that's a reality check for all of us concerning the craziness of the day and age we live in when people go ahead and try to self-identify and create their own reality. All day long, I can say I'm the front pew at Victory Baptist Church. I can even get on my hands and knees, and I could even have somebody sit on my back, and I could say, call me a pew. But you know what? I'm not going to be a pew. Now, I might be a little loose, a few screws, and people might wonder what is wrong with him, but I can't change reality. And God says to you and I, he says, you can deny me and I'll deny you. But just because you deny me doesn't mean I'm going to deny me. He says, in fact, it's impossible for me to deny me as God. He is who he is. He is the great I am. He is the creator God who brought into existence by the very voice of his words, all that is. Just as he, as the great I am, one day will close it all as he brings it to an end. But no matter what human beings think they may be able to do, they cannot erase who God is. We can go ahead and say, well, he's not. And it doesn't change the fact. We today can go outside and say, there is no sun. And you can say that, you can put on the darkest glasses, you can go into the deepest cave. You can hide from the sun, but it doesn't mean there is no sun. It is still there. And God is bringing to us these faithful sayings. 
He wants us to understand that when we receive Christ as our Savior, we die to self and we become alive in Him. He says, if we suffer for His sake, we shall reign in Him, for we are victors in Him. If we deny Him, know that it is a faithful saying, He will deny us. But don't ever forget the fourth Fourth of these faithful sayings, no matter how much we deny him, he is still who he is and he will not deny himself. The amazing thing about looking into scripture is scripture becomes a mirror for us. As we look into the scripture, it reflects back at us for us to contemplate and to consider and to meditate on those truths. And I want to challenge you. Remember, I read down to verse 14. It said, bring into remembrance these truths and charge them. So for you and I this morning, it's important that we remember these truths and we find ourselves challenged or charged in these truths that we might be more than hearers, but doers of these truths. Lord, as we get ready to be dismissed, I pray that you be with us as we go forth. Give Ashley and her mom safety as they drive to Louisiana. Lord, we thank you for Aaron coming and being in church with us this very first Sunday. I pray that we as a church would minister to him along with the other new babies in our church. We thank you for the gift of life. Pray that you'd help us in every way to honor you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Little departing chorus. We're going to sing to God be the glory as we be dismissed.